Good morning to you. Welcome to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. I'm your host, Doug Ray, and I really do appreciate you guys spending some of your weekend with us. Bryce Payne, of course, is here with me in the studio. Bryce, how you doing? How was Thanksgiving, man? Ho, 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 Doug. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody out there. How are you? I am great. I'm stuffed. We still got leftover turkey, which I'm good with that. So It uh, is the holiday season. I'm already four pounds into it. I can't <laughs> wait to get my goal of 15. Yeah, and they're already starting to play those exercise commercials and diet yeah, commercials on TV. Yeah, they are. The favorite thing for me about right now? is after the first of the year, I am allowed to play Christmas music in the house. Yeah, there you go. I've already got it going myself. That's the compromise for me and my wife. She says, no, you can't play music, Christmas music, until the 15th of December. I would I would start playing Christmas music on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, me too, man. So, But she yeah. says, so we compromise the first. Yep. All right. For those of you who are new to our show, Ray Financial and the Wealth Guardians is a local independent firm, and we work with folks who are 7 to 10 years from retirement, as well as those who are already retired. And, you know, most people just don't know how to turn their retirement savings monies into a steady flow of income once they aren't drawing that paycheck. You know, I focus my practice on retirement income planning. And history shows there's two powerful truths when it comes to finances and retirement. What are those, Doug? Number one, what got you to retirement will not necessarily get you through retirement. Very true. And number two, maybe the most important, losses mean more than gains in retirement once you aren't drawing that paycheck. Also very true. And I would say a third truth is that we practice as fiduciaries at the firm, which means we are required to make recommendations that are in your best interest, not ours. And it's kind of like a doctor who takes a Hippocratic Oath versus a doctor who doesn't take one. Which doctor are you going to go see? Not all advisors out there are fiduciaries. So just let that sink in for a minute. Absolutely. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to salute our military, our first responders and their families for everything they do, for the sacrifices they make. Thank you, folks, so much. We understand it is not easy what you guys do for us, but we do appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. So you've done a good job saving and investing over the years. You've lived on less than you earned, kept yourself out of debt, and your investments, well, they've done pretty well for you. That means everything's going to be real hunky-dory in retirement, right? Right. Absolutely. No questions asked. Well, not necessarily. Let's talk about some of the problems faced by people who've been diligent savers over the years. There are four problems, Doug. First one is too much in cash. Too much in cash. Yeah, that's that's for people who are naturally gifted at saving money. And sometimes they find they got a significant amount of money just sitting in the bank. Yeah, sure, it's important to have cash uh, in a solid emergency fund. But remember, all of your cash is losing buying power because of inflation. You know, people have gotten used to padding their bank account over the years, and it's it's hard to change that mindset. But you got to remember, inflation, even though it's low, according to the government right now, running at 1% or 2%, you're not even making that with money in the bank. Not at all. Not even close. So, Bryce, what's number two? Number two is too much risk, Doug. And that's kind of the opposite of the person who has too much in cash. Sure is. Uh, It's like they've got a broken riskometer or something. They they don't correlate the risk with that potential downside, the risk that they're taking. And because they've saved so aggressively over the years, they haven't really noticed as much when the market has been down because their contributions really offset many of their portfolio losses. 
but there's always going to come that time when they no longer have an income that allows them to save so aggressively. It's called retirement. So the market losses at that point are not going to be as easily masked. And, you know, the last 10 years, the bull market has once again given these investors out there, particularly those close to retirement, a real false sense of safety, and they're forgetting just how impactful a 40 or 50% market decline can be on their retirement goals, and that can be enormously detrimental to your retirement plans. So that's the second one is too much risk. Bryce, you know, speaking of that complacency, just this very week, we were sitting with a couple, and he said he couldn't even remember 2008. Yeah, he, he <laughs> knew he didn't do well, but he couldn't give us any numbers. I, I don't think he even really wanted to relive it in his mind. But that was <laughs> who does. But you know, that was keeping him from keeping the uh, the the dangers of it alive for him. Sometimes you have to remember that mm-hmm. and say, "I absolutely do not want to live through that again." Doug, the next one that uh, that we're going to talk about is. Sounds scary, and it is scary. The tax time bomb. Yep, that's what we call it, Bryce, the tax time bomb. You know, we've all been taught over the years to save uh, money into these uh, tax-deferred savings accounts, your 401Ks, your 403Bs. IRAs. IRAs, that kind of thing. And, you know, we just keep mindlessly piling money in there. And, yeah, it's growing completely tax-free uh, for you uh, all these years. But eventually it is going to come out fully taxable as income. It's going to hit your 1040 at whatever your marginal tax rates are. Now, why is that a tax time bomb? Well, several reasons. Number one, it's going to directly affect how much your Social Security is going to be taxed. Number two, and every talk Bryce and I give out in public, we always ask this simple question. Do you think taxes will be higher in the future than they are today? I have yet to to have anybody <laughs> tell me they thought taxes will be lower in the future. Nope, taxes aren't going up at all. So, okay. yeah, I mean, all you got to do is open your eyes and look at the, 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 the debt, debt situation yeah. we got. So, as you take money out of these uh, taxable accounts, uh, you're going to be taxed at a higher tax rate. So, you know, one of the things that we do with our clients is we take a look at the taxable situation going forward, and we try to recommend things uh, like doing Roth conversions to try to mitigate what a future tax increase looks like. I mean, who knows what tax rates are going to be in the future? But I sincerely believe that, uh, you know, it's uh, we're living in a, in a tax environment now that's the lowest we'll ever live in the rest of our life. It's advantageous to take, uh, to take advantage of it. Some of those tax situations now, absolutely. Well, Bryce, the next one is something that uh, I think a lot of people should take advantage of. Why don't you pick this one up? Yeah, this one goes out to my stepfather. It's okay to live a little. You know, uh, some people have trouble remembering that their savings over the years was it was for a purpose. And in most cases, that purpose was to be able to retire and have a lifestyle that they wanted. But after all the years and decades of saving and accumulating, you know, maybe 30, 40 years, it's going to be hard for a lot of people to break that habit. And yes, sometimes good habits need to be broken as well as the bad ones. You've been diligent saver over the years. It's very important for you to have an income plan that shows you how to create a paycheck for yourself in retirement. If you don't do that, your old habits are going to take over and you'll spend your retirement years trying to spend as little money as possible, just like you did during your working years. 
And an income plan, having a solid written income plan is going to help you live your life and spend with confidence. Doug, I think you've got an example of uh, some of our clients who have been like this. Yeah, I, I got two examples here, and they couldn't be as different as night and day. Um, you know, we tell our clients that once they retire, they need to, to enjoy life, enjoy their money. You know, I, I kind of laugh a little bit, and I say, if you don't enjoy your money, your your kids will. You know, and, and they should enjoy their money. I mean, they worked hard for it. So um, one example is a longtime client who we got them retired about three or four years ago. He was a mid-level manager of a Fortune 100 company here in the triad, and he was you know, I mean, he was worked to death during the Great Recession. This company downsized and they laid people off. And as they did that, they they loaded more and more responsibilities on the people that were left. And he was at a point in his life where he was basically fried. He wanted to retire, but he didn't think he could retire. Well, we went through our process and sure enough, he realized, yeah, he could retire. And then when when he did, uh, he and his wife started out enjoying their retirement. They got an RV. They started, you know, traveling all over the place. Mm-hmm. They'd go uh, in the summer. They'd go up to Maine and Canada. Wintertime, they'd go down to Florida, sometimes out west. And and they're just really, really enjoying uh, their their retirement lifestyle. Now, right now, what they've done, uh, we just met with them for a review a couple months ago, is his wife, she is a uh, a, a special needs teacher. And she loves doing that. So she got a gig in the Bahamas for ah, the next nine months. There you go. And they're living on the beach in the Bahamas. She's getting to do what she loves, and they're living their retirement dream. Now, the other couple, again, longtime clients, he retired before she did. In fact, we just had an annual review this week with him. She's a nurse, and he worked for Reynolds, and uh, he retired, like I said, before her. And uh, she really wanted to retire in the worst way, but she just, you know, she's one of those people that just, uh, you know, they got to keep working, got to keep saving, got to keep saving. So we did our retirement process with this couple, too, and I told her along the way, I said, look, you guys can easily retire. No reason why you can't. And... Um, she stayed another year or two as a nurse, and then Novant bought her their practice out, and I think that did her in. So she finally retired. Now, this couple is a couple that basically lives well below their means. I mean, they save like, you know, there's no tomorrow. Now, don't get me wrong. They live a good life. They don't live in a cave or anything. Right. They're not eating dog food. Yeah. But they just don't spend money on themselves. Now, they, they are very charitable-minded. They'll, they'll, they go on mission trips. Uh, they give money away. But they just can't spend money on themselves. They can't break that habit that they no. were into for the last 30 years. I mean, for them to even consider going on one of those European river cruises. That would be. I to, to, don't even speak that kind of language. Right. Yeah. But again, this week we met with them, and, and I told them, I said, guys, you know, <laughs> You got all this money here sitting in the account. Live a little bit. 
and and you know he just went through. I'm not going to say their name just to protect their innocence. He just went through a little bit of a health scare. He's fine. And I said, look, all the more reason to go out and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. a little bit more. Right. right. So you know that's what you work for, and that's what we want all of our clients to do. Enjoy the retirement. Let us help you build that retirement, and. Uh, enjoy enjoy life yeah exactly and folks if anything that we've said in the in the first half of the show here we're getting set for a break but if anything that we've talked about whether it be the uh, too much in cash the too much at risk you're afraid of that tax time bomb or you you think that maybe gosh maybe i'm like that and i can't i can't break that saving habit in retirement well, come in and see us. First off, there's no cost. There's no obligation. Secondly, we operate as fiduciaries. If we make any recommendations for you, it's going to be in your best interest, not ours. We're going to take a look at your current portfolio and see uh, if some tweaks can be made. We're going to uh, make recommendations that are truly in your best interest. And what we're going to talk about is how not to take more risk than you need to in retirement, how to take distributions in the most tax-efficient ways possible, and put it into a written retirement income plan for you. That's what we do. That's what we'd love to help you do. You can give us a call at 336-391-3409 or visit us on our website, www.thewealthguardians.com. We'd love to sit down with you. Well, right now we're up against a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, we're going to share some important retirement plan lessons learned from some of the richest musicians in the world. And if you like what you're hearing, consider liking us on the Wealth Guardians radio Facebook page. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show, where we help our clients retire the job, but not the paycheck. So if you're a listener out there and you're five to seven years from retirement and you want to just confirm that you're making the best decisions for your retirement, well, as we said at the beginning of the show, we offer that no cost, no obligation second opinion to help you make sure that you are indeed on that right path for retirement. And all you got to do is give us a call. It's 336 336- 391-3409. Doug, what's that phone number? 336-391-3409. Very good. I was just testing you, but you knew. All right. Well, we spent the first segment going over some pitfalls of being that quote-unquote good saver, including the dangers of too much cash, too much risk, and the tax torpedo. Doug, there is a huge difference in strategies between wealth accumulation and wealth distribution. Talk to us a little bit about what those strategies, how they differ from those two key different stages of life. Yeah, you're right, Bryce. It is a huge difference. I mean, obviously, when you're young, working, you're building your nest egg. Uh, that strategy is all about wealth growth and accumulation. Then when you retire, it's almost like you flip a switch. It's, yep. it's just the opposite. You're into the distribution preservation mode of life. Everybody gets the idea the older we get, we ought to be safer with our money. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot more to it than just being safe. I mean, building retirement uh, plans, uh, building the accounts, having safety, uh, circuit breaker triggers for bad markets. It's all about that. And, you know, financial advisors can have a lot of different letters after their last name. 
I've got several. You've got a couple. One of the ones that I really, uh, even ab- above my MBA, uh, that I respect and, and glad I got was the RICP, the Retirement Income Certified Professional. And, Bryce, I know you're working on it right now, and you're, I think you're about halfway through with it. Two-thirds, two-thirds. Two-thirds, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, we're counting the, what, the days. That's a, that's a designation that really does a deep dive into everything retirement. I mean, we're talking about distribution, planning, tax management, uh, uh, Medicare supplements, long-term care, Social Security, you name it. I mean, it's, it's there. And, and that's the kind of, of professional you want to uh, basically help you plan out your, your retirement. Somebody who's devoted to it, who's a student of their craft. Absolutely. And, Doug, I'll go back to what you were saying about the difference between uh, the wealth accumulation phase of life in the wealth distribution phase of life, you hit it that a lot of our clients understand that they need to be more conservative. But I think the pitfall that they fall into a lot of times is that what they've been doing with your stocks and your mutual funds for the last 40 years has worked for them. And so why change your strategy if that's worked for you for the last 40 years? Well, you have to change your strategy because your life goal has now approached. You're no longer saving for something that's 40 years or 30 years or even 20 years off in the future. You're there now. And it's like the analogy that I use is you're out on the ocean in a boat. You don't have to man the helm every second because there's nothing for you to hit to the left or the right. But you're now coming into port. You've got to pull back on that throttle. You've got to make sure that the other boats that are coming into port are minding their P's and Q's and that you all of those navigation uh, euphemisms that we can use is is what it makes sense here. So it is a different phase of life and you have to change your strategies. Now, having lectured everybody out there about the difference between that, let's have a little fun now. Okay. I'm all for fun. All right, good. Put on your, Doug, can you put on your jolly face for a few minutes, if you would, please? Ho, ho, ho. There we go. All right. You're you're masking it. That's good enough. (laughs) So we're in the Christmas season, and most people would agree that music is a big component of the holiday season. My favorite is the Andy Williams song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Start that one off every year. So let's look at some of the richest people in the music industry and see what lessons we we can learn from them that are applied to you and your retirement planning. First up, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm, Net net worth $1.2 billion. Richest musician in history. Wow. What what are his works? Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, Phantom of the Opera, Cats. They all continue to bring in millions for him via the, the Broadway stagings, the soundtrack recordings. Film adaptations. Doug, I know you're looking forward to seeing James Corbin and uh, Julie Dench in their cat costumes and the movie Cats coming out here in a few few days. So I, oh, I am? I, I know that you're going to be <laughs> right out there seeing that and just loving it. Well, he also set up a company in 1977 that ensures that he shares in the profits of his works in any form, including all ticket agencies and venues. So what's the lesson for us? Well, the answer mm-hmm. is... The importance of residual enduring income streams to make sure the paychecks are always coming in. That's key. If you can do that in your retirement, I understand you're not, you might not be worth $1.2 billion out there. If you are, we want to talk to you. But if you're not, we still want to talk to you. But there are some key takeaways from that. And there's another top musician that most folks know, Doug. And that would be Bono. Yes. His net worth 
$600 million. He's got a few of my dollars, I'll tell you that. (laughs) He's made uh, big forays into venture capital with the earnings from his music. He was also a major investor in Facebook's IPO. And U2's 360 tour back in 2009 to 11 grossed over $800 million. That was the biggest tour in history. And one of the best concerts I've ever seen as well. (laughs) So how many other investments, including clothing line and five-star hotels? What's the lesson here for us, Bryce? You know, it's diversification, right? Mm. Both investments and income stream. Now, Bono isn't too reliant on any one single thing. If his music career died tomorrow, he'd still be a multimillionaire forever. Indeed. So, yeah, he would be. Yep, absolutely. So. And Doug, do you uh, do you know Bono's real name? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell me. It's Paul Hewson. Yep. Okay. Not not everybody knows that. If you're a YouTube fan out there, maybe you knew that. How long has YouTube been around, Doug? Take uh, a guess. Eighties. Forty-three years. Nineteen seventy-six is when they formed. Really? Yep. So, okay. forty-three years, still same four original members. Wow. Doug, do you know the stage name of this next musician? Uh, Sean Combs. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Diddy Pop, Pop Diddy, Puff something. Keep going. Um, yeah, Diddly P. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a couple names out there, and you were real close to all of them. Okay. <laughs> Puff Diddy, P Diddy, just plain Diddy. His net worth is $540 million. Now, he is actually the first rapper to have truly built an empire for himself. There have been some others that have come along since. But he developed the Sean John clothing line. He owns a piece of Ciroc vodka. And he owns his own cable music network. Now, music business accounts for only 20% of his revenue. So what's that lesson for us? Well, the importance of investing in staples, not fads. For P. Diddy, this meant clothing, alcohol, and cable TV. Chances are, even when you've got a recession, none of those three things are going away. So for you out there listening to us, it means investing in tried and true strategies, not getting caught up in fads like Bitcoin in recent months or the Iraqi dinar a decade ago. I can't tell you how many people I saw destroy their retirement plans on that. Or Beanie Babies in the 90s. I had to leave a a couple of girlfriends in the past because of those. (laughs) Yeah, so staples, Doug. We want to make sure that we're not investing in the fats. All right, look. So I didn't know Puff Daddy's name. But I'm sure you guys are going to know the next artist up, Dolly Parton. Jolene, Jolene. Now, her net worth, $450 million. That's not bad. And she's probably her famous song, uh... I Will Always Love You, which hit the charts by that uh, late, great Whitney Houston. One of the best vocal recordings of, oh, of all time, in my opinion. Love that song. Love that song. But, you know, uh, Dolly Parton came from humble beginnings. Uh, she worked really, really hard. And uh, back in the 1986, I think it was, she bought this uh, dilapidated park and turned it into what's now known as Dollywood. It's not dilapidated anymore. No, and we got lots and lots of our retired clients who like make it this annual pilgrimage over there. They love it. I've been meaning to go, Bryce, but I've never been. Have you ever been? I haven't, but my wife wants to go. I want to go. I want to ride the D-cups. Absolutely. All right. Hey, speaking of your wife, you were telling us a really funny story that kind of goes hand in hand with this uh, retirement Yeah, living out your dreams in retirement. So there is a a llama farm on the outskirts of town in Yadkin County called Divine 
llama vineyards and uh, you can walk a llama. You can take a llama trek there where they walk you through the woods walking a llama. Not something I would have chosen to do myself, but uh, my wife wanted to do it. So I went with her for her birthday and we did it. And the llama that I got had to be in front. So I was walking along next to the guy who owns the place. So me being a retirement specialist for the last uh, phase of my life here so far, I decided to strike up a conversation with the guy because I was curious, how does one get into llama farming? Well, it turns out he was a tech engineer um, for his non-retired part of life. And then as they retired, his wife wanted a llama. Well, his story goes that uh, that's what compromise is. His wife wanted a llama. He said, no, we're not getting a llama. And so they ended up getting two llamas. <laughs> well, now they have a llama farm. In fact, as I understand it, it's the biggest llama farm in the southeast where they breed and, and uh, do all the things that you do with llamas, including uh, take people on treks for them. And I asked him, I said, I'm going to guess, going out on a limb here as a retirement specialist, that this was not in your re original retirement plans. No, it was not. In fact, now it's a vineyard as well. So you had to buy, once they got two llamas, apparently they had to get they a whole bunch boy more. must have girl llamas then. Must have, <laughs> and they did well with each other. So now he's got a whole, I don't know how many acres he has out there, but it's a huge farm. And so what do you do with the rest of the, uh, of the acreage that the llamas are on? Well, you create a vineyard out of it. And I asked him, I said, is this, uh, are you losing money on this? Are you, making, are you making money or is it just a wash? Well, he's making money on this in retirement. And what does he do? He gets to walk through the woods with people, with his llamas in retirement and try out good wines oh. day in and day out. That's a retirement story for you. That's right a there. retirement story. Now, don't those llamas spit on you like camels? Well, they spit on each other. We asked him this. They spit on each other over food. But what you're probably thinking of is alpacas oh, tend okay. to spit on you more. Uh, right. They don't spit on people that much. But uh, one funny thing was that with the llama that my wife was walking, um, was in heat and they were breeding him for the last couple of weeks. So as we're starting off on the trek, but we're walking past the female llamas over on the side of the, on the other side of the gate of the fence there. And as we're walking toward the women, well, he thinks, oh, hey, this is my time to shine. So the llama, he's going, as they're walking toward the llamas. Well, then we walk past the llamas and walking down a hill. So the female llamas are getting out of sight and his tone changed to, so as we were turning around and coming back, he sees the farm off in the distance again. He sees the lady llamas way out there. He could pick up on them 100 yards away. Starts calling again. I'm back, ladies. I'm back. I'm coming towards you. Hilarious. It was absolutely. It was a great time. All right. Really look, I, I, know, I know your wife has ferrets. Is, is, is a llama going to be her Christmas present? Uh, not this season, um, nor will it be another ferret. But I did ask the guy. I said, did you have to sell the ferrets first before you got the llamas? He says, who owns ferrets? <laughs> hey, folks, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. Give us a call if you want to chat. Sit down with us, 336-391-3409. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays, everybody.